0: Hello everybody and welcome to the 307 RPG Podcast. I'm Patrick. I'm Nolan. Nolan, this may possibly be the longest we've gone without seeing each other in the last couple years. How are you? Not too bad.
1: It was an interesting, a whole long week.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, it felt really strange. Like I kept wanting to get up and leave my office and come talk to you. And I'm, oh yeah, can't do that anymore. That's not an option.
1: How was the first week?
0: Uh, it was rough um there's a lot going on with the purchase of the facility and not knowing exactly where i guess where i'm gonna fit into the whole thing there was a whole lot of um well here's your office <laughs> pat on the back good luck <laughs> um there's a lot of prep going on for documents and stuff that the old company is scanning and sending to their headquarters which in order to do that uh we have to i have to pull all the staples out because they're all employee documents and I'm technically aside from the administrator the only one who could do documents so it really does fall upon me 10 10 and a half 12 hours is what it took to pull all the staples. that sounds horrible oh man it was <laughs> when i was leaving friday evening uh, one of the speech language pathologists came up to me and she's like i heard you're building a mountain out of staples I was like, yeah, she goes, I want to see this. I'm like, no, you really don't.
1: Will you, so this will be part of the transfer. Is everything going to be digital now or do you have to go back and restaple everything? <sighs> I don't know. Um, Wait till the new people do there.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they do it, because it could be that they're then going to take those documents and make them all digital. I don't know. Um, I know that that was the first week, and I know that next week, apparently there's even more files in the basement nice yeah so i will be down in the basement pulling out more files now some of those files are just going to be boxed up and shipped off because they're old employee files and as long as they are not currently employed there we can just box them up and send them out they don't need scanned it's the current employees that have to be scanned so yeah there's there's just a lot of stuff going on there and you know it's it is a nursing home and Unfortunately, they were not spared from COVID, so they're dealing with the backlash of some of that and getting through all the things that happened with COVID in, in, in nursing homes and, and just trying to... I'd imagine the administrator and the director of nursing are just absolutely slammed right now.
1: Yeah. And like you said, you've got a new, new company coming in as well, so add that stress to it and trying to learn it. Sounds, right. sounds pretty better than my week. So, How was your week? It was, it was quiet. We were busy, but it's so exciting when you don't have products. So. Right. But at least you were busy, you said. Yeah. Helps the day go by. Except for yesterday. I had to work yesterday, and it was two people. that, oh, that, that sucks. YouTube rabbit hole kind of day.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I, I always hated those days. Uh, however, it always seemed to be when you and I would find the most interesting stuff on YouTube
1: yeah for good or bad
0: yeah exactly it's one of those uh oh my god did you just see this and you both kind of go oh god what did he find?" yep well i'm sorry to hear that but i i'm glad that at least you're done for the week and you get to enjoy one day off um we did go out i wanted to tell you that we did go out we did check out the dayton disc golf course i need to get you up there it is a fun little course really short holes, so like tons and tons of potential potential for ace runs man it is some there's some technical shots like you throw off on the t-pads are very small you throw off on the t-pad and it's like you are literally throwing over a slash pile there's no no trying to get through it you just have to forehand shot or not forehand shot overhand shot over the slash pile because you're not going to get there otherwise so really interesting shots it does play down close to the river i think it's far enough that you're safe we'll find a way I'm hoping not. Uh we did take uh, both of our, our friends named John uh joined us up there. It was my wife and I and John and John. Uh it was nice to get John Cates out and teach him how to play. He had a blast. He's like, you guys play again, please call me. I would love. Awesome. That'll be great. And of course it's always fun to play with John Thoreau. He does a great job. It's you know, he ended up winning the day at plus two. I think I was sitting at plus three and then kind of went there from there. <laughs> there was one hole, it was hole eight. I, I threw, and it looked like a great shot coming off the tee pad, and then it just snaked over and just drilled a tree. Um, so I went to throw again, and I kind of pulled one of yours where the disc just held on a little too long, and it went off to the right, up, over, and onto the outhouse, and then finally slid off. And then when I went to throw around it, it bounced off the – I was like, wow, a par three that I just turned into a six. You get your money's worth.
1: play more golf than anybody else. <laughs> yeah.
0: I guess. But I ended up, that, that's what absolutely cost me. Last hole was a really cool. You know, I threw my wraith, and wraiths like to dance around as they do. And it just, throw is funny because he's like, wow, you completely snake. Like, you were threading a needle through many trees, and that, that dish just floated right around them. And it dropped, like, 10 feet behind the basket, but kind of up on a, a little hill. So when I went to putt down, it sailed right over the top. So, uh, it's a neat course, and I'm excited to get you and your wife out there to play because I, I think you're going to have a good time.
1: Looking forward to it. It'll be nice.
0: Yeah, it'll be really nice. Uh, just make sure we have some bright color discs, lots of heavy, heavy wooded areas that it will be t- uh, you know, a struggle to find. Gotcha. Yep. Anyway, we do have a topic of the week <laughs> as we ramble on here. Our topic of the week is going to be on the Scarland Supplements Visuals, Scarland Supplement visual watch which onyx path just released the combined edition of we'll get to that in just a little bit uh, we do have some news that we want to talk about we're going to kick off as we always do with dd but before we do that actually i have a question for you nolan um we got a comment on one of our youtube videos this week uh, is car- uh the scar uh the ultra carbon uh character creation where somebody made it a point point to, and, and i do appreciate it to say when that's that discussion began and you know, we've just kind of done this show the way we've done it the last couple of years now because uh, it works for us. But I'm wondering, do you think, Nolan, that we should change how we do things? Do we Should we not be a news and topic show? Should we just have a topic of the week? What are your thoughts on that? Uh,
1: I don't know. I mean, honestly. Yeah, I'm if, just if, kind of dumping this on you. So I suppose if you were going to do it for YouTube and, and hit the algorithm, probably just divide it in half. Make it two 30-minute videos, and then you could have Seven rpg presents news we could find of the week, week, whatever, March 7th, and then take a little break, hit the pause, Seven rpg presents topic of the week, vigil watch, get two videos out of one sitting. You
0: know, that is is a good possibility. And just leave the show as it is on Twitch, um, where you get to catch the news as well as the topic of the week. And then we could break it up in YouTube. I'm, you know what? I, I, maybe I'll start doing that. that. That could be a good way to do that. Extra content without just
1: dropping it in the middle, I guess. That's right. And then you can go find what you want to watch. don't care about yeah. the news or you don't care about whatever we're talking about for the topic of the week. All right.
0: So let's jump into the news because that is how we start things. So we're going to kick it off with D&D news. Um, there's a little bit of stuff to talk about with d d the the big thing is is um of course Candlekeep is right around the corner. Uh, Nolan, do you plan on picking this one up on D anD D Beyond? I
1: I will because Yeah, um, I I'm curious to see through it. Uh, the only downside with it is is one of those ones where I like to pick up, um, but I probably won't for like a year. So that way sure. I don't know what's coming. So that way when we hopefully we get to play a few of them, whether it's a one shot or something like that, I'm excited to see uh 16th level adventure as far as that goes from what they're anticipating and i didn't get the feeling that this was like a remodel of old campaigns so you know kind of take that out there of a conversion or that so yeah i'm excited for it just from a standpoint what they're coming up with as far as mysteries hopefully hopefully it's
0: i agree uh, I I think it's going to be a neat book. I'm not sure exactly when I'm going to pick it up. I think I will eventually, or maybe as we do content share on D&D Beyond, it might be one of those where you pick it up, you share it to me and I run a story. um, Or you say, hey, I'm going to run it this way and, and run the one shot or or something like that. So um, I think it's going to be a neat book. Uh, I am excited for it. I'm not as excited as I am for the Ravenloft book, which will be out in May, but I still think it's going to be a- great.
1: Right. And I, I think we're getting to the point now where I, I've been saying it and, to do it is i would like to take all of the forgotten realms stuff and turn it into like an open world tabletop thing plot people down yeah hey you happen to be where do you guys want to go you want to go south well guess what we'll steal some tomb of annihilation stuff you want to go north we'll grab some frostmains. ground water deep this is what's going on and then depending on the time and stuff like that then people could just kind of go and we're not necessarily playing a campaign we're just playing forgotten realms but using sure. all the source material of it. Happens to start when you get there, or you're on, you know, halfway through, and guess what? There's just a giant explosion in the market area of Waterdeep. You guys mind looking into it, or, right. or you're a suspect because you're fresh in town or whatever, and you're trying to clear your name. So just kind of grab a little bit, throw it in there, and see what happens.
0: Yeah, it could be really cool, and you can even, as we've talked about before, use some of the Adventure League stuff as well to help supplement and fill in the gaps or transition to areas. Speaking of Adventure League, because we did have some Adventure League news, and I wanted to talk about this. Historically, when you created your character for Adventure League, it was a four rule book plus one. Now, it looks like those options are going to be based on where you're playing.
1: Nolan, did you take a look at this at all? I did, depending on what it is. So it seems like right now the seasonal campaign is staying the same, so this will change after. Uh, the big thing that they're getting away from as it sits the, the a lot of the player options racial options and that kind of stuff are all kind of in one book um, so your plus one if you wanted to be uh, a certain kind of tiefling you had to play say you want to play feral tiefling it's forgotten realms book that's your plus one now you're cutting out everything cool like a hex blade can't play that anymore because it's out there So people were having to sacrifice racial background ladrin style stuff that was in like mordenkine's tome of foes which that's really the only thing in there for you is if you want to play a, a summer you know ladron. well guess what you don't get access to bladesinger now you don't get access to it. so i think it's a good thing so being able to choose anything from the character building options as considered core i think is great and, and the big reason they saw that was because a lot of people just threw that rule out because it wasn't fun Hey, my plus one book is Mornkind's Tome of Foes. You're like, this is a eighty page book of monsters and demons and that kind of stuff, and fifteen pages of elves. Why are you doing that? You know, you're cutting yourself off Hexblade, or you're cutting yourself off of, uh, you know, a Paladin subclass, or Ranger. You know, what are you doing? Because we've seen Tasha's, or Xanathar's was fantastic for players. I, I think it's a great choice. Uh, I, I also like the idea that you can. Uh, Part of that is if you're playing in Forgotten Realms, you can use Sword Course Adventures Guide because it's part of the realm that doesn't need to be a plus one. That's just factual history as they've written it. So why would you hate that? As well? so I, I think it's good. It opens up character options depending on how what goes forward with it. don't see it being a big deal, but there was some mention of Master and Historic campaigns. So I don't know if they're going to start running some stuff like... Uh, you know, this is truly legal standard edition. And then maybe there's a, you know, a modern, you know, the legacy where you can just grab all books and it's a mega campaign and, you know, everything's on the table, bring it, you know, it's a free for all versus this is specific. We're in Avernus. You can only have Avernus really limited. I so don't know. I'll be curious to see where they go, but I think it's a great choice. Yeah. Very interesting magic gathering spin
2: on
0: that. Yeah, I can see that. Um, In movie news, we did see that actor Hugh Grant has signed on to portray the villain of the film. That's all we know about this. Uh, Hugh Grant is an extremely well-known actor, uh, so it's going to be interesting. I should say well-known and very talented actors. Uh, I've never really thought of him as a villain, so I was kind of surprised to see that. But, you know, stretching his acting... uh, i guess if you will and in portraying a villain that could be really interesting uh, so i'm I, I think that'll be good i'm excited
1: to hear this I'll, I'll be curious to see how it goes too just because i don't it, it gives me hope that maybe the villain isn't just you know super obvious you know i i like that kind of idea where it's like if you can reason with the bad guy it makes him a better bad guy um versus you know who knows and maybe he'll just be you know a Voldemort type character you know here's a Sererac the lich and he's in makeup or whatever and it's like well that's that's the dude you know the, the cast looks really yeah. good so far uh, I, I don't I don't see any of them really there's not a person on there that I'm, I'm really skeptical of as far as acting
2: or who's the, the other person they that, that you were telling me was in uh,
0: was it uh, bridgerton oh yeah i can't remember his name um I, I, page yes yes yes, yes
1: um well so i saw uh see, I, I got to pulled up michelle rodriguez from fast and the furious uh she's Pine, Pine, hugh grant I thought there was another but it was kind of a caught me off guard thing but anyway there was another woman and i can't remember who who it was sophia um, lillis oh, and justice smith it.
0: Right, right. Yep. So we, we, I mean, we've got some good names coming into this. My only fear is, is I don't want it to be a situation where it's like, um, well, here's these, you know, well-known actors. We're just shoving names into this film, you know, because we've seen those where it's like a lot of well-known actors in a film, and the film is just okay.
1: Right. And I, and I think that's the, uh, I, I think that's the fear of who, I think who's involved with writing it, stuff like that right i think they care about it so it's not just a money grab i don't feel like it's a money grab right. at this point so sometimes you look at it and you're just like just took the name and ran with it i think of i don't know there's always those kind of movies where you're like well that's your sure. title but that's not it in spirit so i don't know i hope it's good i hope it's- yeah i know
0: fingers are crossed that they they treated well and that it's done well um there's a few of those that we have out there like right now and I know the one i was thinking about this morning was the lord of the rings magic the gathering set this is a like i i have i i've decided i'm going to get back into magic but i'm being very cautious about getting back into magic i'm not like just rushing out and buying a bunch of stuff i did go and pick up a fat pack in and in a couple of packs from like the other last weekend and it was fun to open packs but by the same token i'm like yeah i don't want to spend any more money buying packs if i'm going to do this i'm going to buy the cards i want now there is no in-store play right now so who knows what i'm going to do probably just wait Maybe play some arena see what's out there right
1: see what deck you like in the news
0: right uh so the other thing or what that brought me to is i was thinking about it this morning is is like is lord of the rings going to be a because i mean obviously lord of the rings encompasses the three books it's not just the first movie because the the first book is the first book is the fellowship so i'm assuming by saying we're going to do a lord of the rings set it's going to be a lord of the rings lock and we're going to get the fellowship the two towers and the the king sets and if that's the case i was trying to think about like different cards and, and this is really going down a rabbit hole but trying to think about different cards and i was thinking i was like you know this is probably going to be one of those where i'm going to buy enough packs to actually complete a set
1: i think it'll be interesting to see what the boxes are uh, i'm sure they'll do some sort of collector thing right and again i guess it depends on what it is you know i mean if they're if they're just remakes of cards or if it's their own cards where you need a set to, to, to play the game, or if it's just like, well, f- summoning lightning from a cloud or something like that, and it's lightning bolt. You know, I, I don't know, because it's such a low magic world. Sure. Uh, and I think, I, I don't know.
0: Um, I was, like I said, I was trying to think about the different things, like in the, the movies, or sorry, the books, I, I've been watching the movies a lot lately. So uh, in the books, you know, when I think about like artifacts and magical items, in those three books, We don't have a whole lot of artifacts and magical items. Obviously, we have, you know, um, Aragorn's sword. uh, We have Sting uh, and, of course, Glamdring because Gandalf is using it and even Gandalf's staff or uh, Sauron's staff. So I was trying to think about the different artifacts that they could be, you know, that they could include. Uh, I'd imagine we'll see a Palantir. We'll see the One Ring. We'll see some things like that. I don't know, I, I, I'm, I'm excited, I, I think it's going to be fun, but truly, when it comes to buying packs of magic, that's kind of where I'm just setting some money aside to buy those.
1: I was going to say that I found a thing on uh, Instagram, and talking about Lord of the Rings and D, it was, I found it that the confusing part of Lord of the Rings start to make more sense when you realize it's actually just a transcribed D&D campaign, and it is several pages long going with starts with a long low-level adventure just getting out of the Shire and getting the ring to Rivendell. DM originally prepped a low-level Hobbit campaign for their roommates who had never played before just to try and get him in for a one-shot. DM must their friend Steve play, an OP wizard character from a previous campaign because Steve is real busy IRL and only found out he could play at the last minute, but everybody's into it because Steve's really cool. Steve is clearly a touring musician IRL because Gandalf is constantly dipping out of sessions for extremely weak in-game reasons. Steve also keeps writing original songs for the campaign world, which is why there's a goddamn new Elf song on every other page. Word gets out of the fun campaign is going on. DM agrees to let Rachel play a badass ranger. She's so am she immediately writes 40 pages of backstory. DM reads it and thinks, this is honestly more compelling than what I planned. Is this the campaign now? Meanwhile, three of their close friends find out Rachel's joining and pressure the DM to let them play as well. DM caves immediately. DM responds to the overwhelming large nine-person party by completely shifting the tone of the campaign and giving a wild over-the-top plot hook. The only way to save the world is to take the specific rain to a specific volcano. Got it? Everyone's very psyched. Bormer player Kevin tries to stir up trouble because that's what character would do. Fucking Kevin. And so it just goes into this thing of, like, everything there. Kevin decides he wants to be evil. Uh, you know... Goes into, well, you know what? He tries to take the ring, but he's got to leave. So they work up a death. Kevin dies. Kevin decides to come back. Wants to play an evil character. You listen, Kevin, you can't play an evil character. You can be an NPC called Golem. Kevin's into it. He's going to be Golem. Uh, you know, it's just... Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and it goes on and on and on for several pages talking about, like, Steve has to leave because he got a music gig. So they kill off Gandalf. They kill off Steve. Steve finds out the gig fell through, came back through. Can't find my character. I burned it. Okay, re-roll your character. He rolls amazing 418. He's now, you know, Steve the White. And it's just like, so I was like, <laughs> that's really cool. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I was like, okay, d d Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I'm ready to play it. Let's do it. And we're going to talk about Lord of the Rings in just a little bit. So uh, let's jump over to Onyx Path
0: because I didn't see anything else for D&D. Did you? Mm-mm. Nope. Uh, so with 19 days left, the Indiegogo campaign for Victorian Age Mage, mage is sitting at 198% funded. Congratulations. Um, you know, this is for Mage 20th Anniversary Edition, so it's awesome that there are enough fans out there of that level, or that, that genre of Mage that they're still willing to jump in. Uh, keep in mind, this is a deluxe edition book, uh, which we have said before, Onyx Path does a fantastic job with their deluxe edition book. So, But they are pricey. And the other thing to remember is when you buy these deluxe edition books in the Kickstarter, I've seen these deluxe edition books, you know, go up uh, to like any press revolution where they're $200 to get the book. You're going to get it at $75. So <laughs> this is like the best way to jump in and get this book at a, at a, quote, reasonable price, reasonable being compared to $200. I do have a link in the show notes if you want to check that one out. It does have, I think, 19 days left. Yeah. Looking through the Monday meeting notes, Rich Thomas did answer some questions regarding the Indiegogo campaign. And one of the things that I thought was important that we should tell our listeners right away is when you make a pledge to that campaign, it's not like Kickstarter Indiegogo actually collects the money right away whereas kickstarter doesn't collect the money until that project has fully funded so if you're one of those who's like well i can go ahead and book or back it because they're not going to collect for 30 days not going to happen this time it is going to be one of those you need to be able to pony up those funds immediately what are your thoughts on something like that
1: I, i think it depends on where the book's at i think with uh you know, like the one ring or something like that where it's like, okay, we're gonna do this, we're gonna collect it now. It's gonna be out in November. We're just trying to see how many we're gonna produce. I'm okay with that. Uh, if it's gonna be one of those things and we're talking a half, you're still waiting on your stuff to show up. Maybe I got a little more issue with it, but I my guess on it is is it it's it's not any writing, it's done. It's ready to go. They're just trying to figure out how many they're gonna print. and so collecting a seventy five dollar you know thick book. Thinning it to print i guess you know getting it started as possible maybe they'll get stuff out
0: could be i do know like you said maybe they'll get stuff out faster uh, of course covid slowed everything down when it comes to onyx path kickstarter and i was recently looking at my kickstarter projects unfulfilled and i'm thinking i'm sitting at like 12 different projects that are and a lot of it are still moving through the process uh we recently talked about mummy the cursed and that's one that i would gotten the backer pdf still haven't gotten the book and it's well over a year cults the blood gods is another one that has been well over a year and that's been sitting at the printer now for going on a month i know that they said that they got the pdf you know they find some fixes and stuff that they had to do for the printer and that was sent back but again this is one of those where you need to understand that you are trying to get this project to come to fruition if you don't want to put the money out and then wait you can always let the project get funded and pick it up pod through drive through rpg because They do release that to people faster than the actual Kickstarter book, which can be frustrating. But uh, So, yeah, that campaign is live. It is, like I said, 19 days left. So, again, check it out if that is something you're interested in. I was looking through the project update section, and uh, I noticed that there was a new project, and this is called the Apocalyptic Record for Werewolf 20th Edition. Uh, I was really stoked to see that, because this means that Onyx Path is still going to be, or at least... Presumably, still producing content for the World of Darkness. Now, say what you want about Onyx Path. I really don't care. They put out some fantastic quality and uh, content for the World of Darkness. Everything I've seen from them has been very well done. They handle it with care, and why wouldn't they? Rich Thomas was part of White Wolf, so he knows the World of Darkness so well. It's been a part of his life for years, And, and so... I'm excited that onyx path gets to stay at least for now within the world of darkness um, according to the summary and I took this directly off the onyx path website it says the apocalyptic record is a one is one source book containing five overarching stories divided into chapters within each these five stories tell different tales of the apocalypse each defined by a different phase of the moon/ slash werewolf hospice Each contains a series of records, transcripts, journals, and relics written or recorded or voiced by werewolves, changing breeds, and even worm servants for Werewolf the Apocalypse. Apparently, this project was delayed in 2020, uh, but Paradox has given Onyx Path the Green Light to go forward. Rich does say in the Monday meeting notes that there may be more projects that were delayed that are forthcoming. So again, it just seems like Onyx Path is going to be staying in the world of darkness. Uh, What are your thoughts on that?
1: When it talked about that, I thought first thing was kind of like a, a Beckett's. I'm, I'm hoping it's in that form. You know, if it's five stories told through five different perspectives of the apocalypse and we see how we get there, I'm, I, it's another one of those ones where it's like they do a really good job of giving me the lore through story versus like I'm going through an encyclopedia. And if that's the way it's going to be. I think it's going to be a great i'm excited to see that side of it and,
0: and and i know werewolf isn't a game that we've really messed with we did that one shot a couple of years back where i think you played a werewolf and a couple other people did as well and i know that there was some at least moderate interest in it and it's but it's just not one that we've really dove into and of course werewolf 20 i think i have the pdf for it, but i've never really i mean we did so i guess we did do some podcasts on it so we did talk about some of the breeds and but yeah, I think it's, I think it's interesting. Uh, I think it's going to be one that I'll definitely be checking out. Not sure that I'll, because I'd imagine that's going to come to Kickstarter. Not sure that I'll back it just because I'm being very particular about the stuff. And that's all I saw for Onyx Path. Speaking of Kickstarters, though, I we would be remiss not to talk about Free League Press. their one ring Kickstarter that has come to a very monumentally successful end. The campaign ended with an astounding two million one thousand seven hundred and eighty-three dollars which just holy crap i was i was completely blown away free league doesn't tend to have the pdf out two backers this summer which is extremely exciting and i'd imagine that's going to be one of those as soon as we get it you and i are both going to be tearing through it and we'll do a couple of shows about it because i know we're both looking forward to this one and then the physical product looks like they you know according to the kickstarter that they they're hoping to have fulfillment by fall of this year which again, it's one of those where it sounds like things are done, they're just updating rules and, and such to to you know get this product out to it in a second edition. Uh one of the things that I thought was amazing about this whole process, and you had sent me a couple of messages regarding it, was you know, they did Kickstarters up to, I think, about a million dollars. Or I'm sorry, not Kickstarters, but stretch goals up to about a million dollars. And those were obviously very quickly reached. And so as we were nearing the end of the campaign, they announced a couple of other stretch goals. And it was funny because I was sitting at my computer when the email came through and I was like, oh, what's this? And I looked on it and I had already backed the, the, the campaign. So I was excited and I'm like, what is this? Oh, cool, a new stretch goal. And it was like, I think it was like a cloth map of, of Middle Earth that was an add-on feature that you could get. I was like, oh, that's cool. And I think like, uh, I don't know, it was probably like 10 minutes later, it was like, all right, well, that one was met. I was like, holy shit. So then they talked about the one that I thought was kind of interesting. And I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Nolan is um, they're doing a, and it was, again, this is another one that was very quickly met and it was the final, final stretch goal, which was a solo adventure. Uh, they're bringing in somebody who has won awards for writing solo adventures and they're calling it the Strider adventure, which I thought was awesome. Uh, what are your thoughts on solo adventures? Nolan?
1: It could take what you can get. I mean, how often have you gone without having a group to play or, pause between stuff. Um, I think it's, I don't know, I think it's really cool. And I think it's also an opportunity to get more people in. Uh, Sometimes it's a huge commitment to get three to five people to play a game, or you've got, you know, kid who wants to check it out, you know, or something like that. And you can set them up for game as well. So it's an opportunity. And I also think that there are a lot of times where we've talked about session zeros, and then session point fives, where you play through the story. Um, If you have those gaps in, or whatever and run a a solo campaign or a one-off and help guide somebody when your player's doing something to help the character i think more opportunities to get you know in the skin of that character is a great opportunity yeah i i think i agree with
0: you um i'm a little unsure how it's going to work so i'm kind of excited to see it so i guess we'll see i I was very curious though about free League's products and i do remember there was a, a Several months ago now, you and I were talking about a game that had come out called Vesen uh, that I was kind of interested in at the time, but I just didn't jump in because it's like, well, I'm going to buy a book that I'm never going to use. Well, I realized I was looking at some of other uh, Free League's other stuff, and they are the, the, the company that produced that game. I was like, okay, I'm really curious to see what this book is like. So I went ahead and purchased it, and I got it right here. And wow, you know, we talk about the quality of Onyx Paths books. This is Amazing. In fact, I, I grabbed it last night and I had my son Aiden sit down with it. And I didn't say anything about it. I was like, hey, grab that book. I want you to sit down and just take a look at it. And he grabbed it. And the first thing he goes is, wow, that cover feels really cool. It's got a nice matted cover. Um, this feels more like a a deluxe edition. Uh we were so he started flipping through it. He's like, Dad, this artwork is incredible. And the pages, is like a heavier card, not well, not cardstock, just a heavier stock paper. So you feel like, you know. I've seen some books where it's like this high, matte, glossy, or not, I'm sorry, not matte, high, glossy page that it just kind of feels like almost like magazine type page, but not quite as thin. Mm-hmm. Well, this is like that heavier, heavier duty paper. Um, the The artwork is incredible. The The layout was very well done. Um, I haven't read through it, so I don't know if it's like riddled with mistakes. I'm really, I'm sincerely doubting it just because of the quality that was paid to this book. Um, this is really cool. And and it gives me high hope. You know, again, I did not do the deluxe edition of the, the One Ring, but it does give me hope that even the basic edition is just going to be amazing. Um, so I, I'm excited. I think it's going to be cool. I, I do have to ask because I I asked you earlier this week and you never answered me.
1: Did you end up backing it? I didn't. Uh, just from that standpoint of I had a hard time. Like if I was going to do it, I was just going to do the, the deluxe edition you don't want something i may never use or not want to use or whatever so i mean i think the moment that it uh, says hey we're playing it i'll you know grab two books for the table type situation you know i mean that's gonna be one of those things because the more people we can get to actually play this game and again it it looks really cool the art looks really cool and just along the lines of i've got a ton of lord of the rings books that i never open that are just for show every now and then would look good uh, just hanging out. With
0: I, I'm excited about the book. I, I really am. I am excited because I mean, I was able to buy in at high enough level that I'm going to get the the physical copy of the starter um, the starter set. I'm going to get the physical copy of the book, and of course, everything in PDF format as well as well as some of the extra stretch goals, the dice, and stuff like that. So I, I am excited about the the whole project. Uh, and now having put hands on Vesson and feeling the quality of the book that they put out and the care that they take with their books, I'm really excited to see what. And again, you know, I know like you, I have stuff up here in my office. That's all Lord of the Rings stuff that that is stuff that I probably will never mess with. Like I, I bought the digital version of the extended series so I can leave my other ones alone and stop playing. them. Which just ridiculous because I've spent a lot of money on this stuff. <laughs> but i um, so, yeah, I, I this is one that, I you know, because I know your love for it and my love for it. It's going to be one of those where I'm like, OK, we're playing this. Who are we putting in the game? Who are you going to invite to play?
1: And like you said, with the the solo edition, with the shredder edition, and depending on how the game is, you know, it might be one of those things. What do you want to play? I mean, I already know that I'm going to play a Dunadine. I mean, that's just, you know, that's where my heart is. Uh, so it's like, okay, you know, so and so can't make it this week. What's your ranger doing? And away you go. You know, we'll grab somebody else. They could be a part of a one shot. And you could cycle people in and out. It takes place over 60 years. You know, it's like time to cycle. So I'm looking forward to it. I am too. Uh, over at Modiphius, Modiphius announced this past week
0: the pre-order for the new 2D20 Octum Cthulhu will go live Tuesday, March 9th. This is, like I said, just a few days away. Uh, the release does say that they will be firming up the official launch day of the product next week. So do keep that in mind. Um, if this, Again, this is just the pre-order. Modivius did release a quick start guide for Octon Cthulhu 2d20 last week. I do have another link in the show notes. I know we did that last week, but I went ahead and did it this week too. So if you are a fan of Octon Cthulhu, remember that is the World War II era of Call of Cthulhu. There is a way for you to check it out by downloading the free quick start edition. So it might be one of those that if you're just curious, you can download it, play it with a couple of friends, see if you like it. And then if so, you can go ahead and jump on the.
1: You know, I was looking through uh, RPG. had a note on there, saw that there was an adventure for uh, Dishonored. And it was uh, Dishonored PDF Adventure Number One, The Assassins 4. Uh, find yourself entangled in the plot of murder and politics with The Assassins 4. This 15 page adventure by Allison Saib has your group aiding uh, the Bottle Street gang and involving themselves in an assassination plot. And when I was looking at it, I was like, okay, 15 pages, it was five bucks. Uh, and I saw Modiphius next to it, and I was like, oh, okay. So I decided to click on their stuff just to see. And I and I know that we talked about them working with uh, Skyrim. Um, I had not realized that they were all Cinemax. You know, I guess that makes sense because it's honored. Um, and we were talking about uh, Fallout is under that label. They have some games there, you know. So I think we've talked about it a few times, where it's like playing a video game and then moving to the world that you can understand the world, um, Lord of the Rings style. You know, we understand the world. I'm excited for. I don't know. I got really excited for the idea of maybe checking out the Elder Scrolls stuff as it comes out. Looks like they got a few uh, quests out there. Uh, some of them are free. Some of the stuff they drive through RPG. Like five bucks. I was really impressed with their pricing uh, as far as that stuff goes. We've talked a lot about nineteen dollars for a campaign book. Um, their mutant stuff looks like it's fifteen to twenty-five dollars. Their Star Trek Star Trek stuff about fifteen bucks. Uh, looks like the Fallout stuff is thirteen, fourteen dollars. I mean, they it's right in that price point where I'm okay checking it out. And I guess I never really realized that. I guess with affordability i'm i don't know i'm guessing normal books are normal books because it cost but you know i'm with D D stuff it's still thirty dollars for the pricing was cool uh you know i don't know i know skyrim's highly popular uh, i'm surprised that hasn't gotten more traction but again maybe.
2: got conan they got colt not necessarily flying under the radar but some good
0: stories
1: that they're putting.
0: You know, we've we've talked quite a bit about Modiphius and some of the stuff that they've done, and I know I've been very critical of Modiphius for the Mastermind. And, and it could just be that the team that they put in charge of that, and, and maybe they were handicapped by Paradox. I don't know. I don't know the story behind it. I know that it wasn't very well done. That being said, I've I have other Modifius books that I was absolutely filled with. Like I ha- I have the Star Trek core rulebook, book and it's a great book. I love looking through it, especially as a Star Trek fan. I, I it it hits all my feels and, and it it's fun to look through the book. It's one of those that I think I even have the a couple other source books as well as the quick start for Star Trek Adventures. It's one of those that I'm like, I really want to play this game because it looks like it's been very well done. I have the PDF of Conan. Um And it's one of those we've talked a little bit about Conan on the show and it's like, wow, this is a really cool book. They've got some really neat products. And and like you said, I think it kind of flies under the radar, but a lot of stuff flies on the radar when you have the big, huge omnipresent Dungeons and Dragons that sits there. Uh, Whether, you know, whether you're a fan of D&D or not, it is the most well-known. I'm not going to say it's the most popular, but it is the most well-known role-playing game. And it is the most massively produced. It, I mean, Wizards of the Coast is a big company. They're, I mean, they're backed by Hasbro, right? So they're they're big, and they're going to put out stuff. You know, they can say they're like Apple. They can say you want our product, you're going to pay for it. And like you talk about D and D Beyond, they created their own platform where they can go and sell their PDFs. And I'd imagine, you know, maybe eventually they're going to start pulling some of the stuff like from the DM's Guild. all the Adventure League stuff, so you have to go to D&D Beyond to buy it, you know, because it's their property. They they want to collect all the funds for it. So I like the fact that there's other companies, like I bought the core rulebook for Star Trek. It was a $50 book. I've bought supplemental stuff, and it's like $5, $29 for the actual book, and I always get a PDF with it, you know, and I don't have to pay extra to get that PDF. It comes with when I buy the hardcover book. Uh, It's not as, now, I do want to say, like you, you talked about D and D Beyond and the PDFs for that, and you spent thirty dollars. Those PDFs are completely different than buying a PDF through Drive RPG. Those are broken out, and sometimes, like I've I've sat here as we're running Icewind Dale, and I like I'm flipping through the book trying to read it. And there's times where I get confused reading the book. I'll go to the PDF and look at that because it's it's set up differently, and I like the flow on D and D. So I do think there's some advantages for to it. I don't like paying $30 for a digital book. I'd rather spend, like you said, the $19, the $20, or the $30 for a physical book and then get a digital book on top of it.
1: Yeah, it would be nice to have a, a
2: redeeming or a redemption thing. But I know
1: that uh, ZeniMax is in the process of Microsoft. I know there's talk about other scrolls going through it and if it's going to be PlayStation anymore more sensitive. So, I'm, you know, you get somebody backing like that, hopefully, you know, will above keep people producing their product in
2: high quality. Yeah, I it just it caught me off guard and then just the list of them, uh, you know, John Carter of Mars cracked me up. But the books are fantastic. So, Right. Yeah. It, I don't know. I I like the idea of video games coming out more and more. Uh, just sometimes
1: nothing nothing yeah. nothing sadder than finishing you know go to the ranks and right. So
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> and
1: it's kind of cool to say like if you're a big fan of Skyrim and you
0: you know you have chat with your friends about Skyrim all the time because you're all big nerds of Skyrim and it's fun to say hey you know what we have a Skyrim role playing game we don't have to be bound by the the constructs of within the digital world. Let's go do our own thing where we can, instead of saying you can make decision A and B, well, there's now C, D, E, F, and G.
1: Yep. And I, I think bringing it, and again, we've, we've talked about, you know, World of Warcraft or whatever, you know, if you were going to do one and we're all starting in Goldshire, it. you know what I mean? Like, you, you don't have to go into the effort. I don't have to build the world at this point. We've all been there. We've all ran through Goldshire. We know who Hogger is, right? right. Then, you, then you can really focus on, you know, okay, I don't have to develop the world. I can just, work on characters or I can work on I don't even have to come up with names at this point right you can just log into the game and run through Goldshire and be like yeah here's you know here's the innkeeper you know here's you know Prancing Pony yeah that's that's the name of the bar you know it's like we've been there if we've seen it okay well now what's happening now we can we don't have to take that extra energy live in it yep
0: yeah it's kind of cool and and I think I think sometimes Modifius flies under our radar just because they they don't put out stuff as, as rapidly as what we get from DD or even from Onyx Path. Onyx Path has a lot of projects that they're working on, and they're very vocal about those projects. Um, I am subscribed to the Modifius newsletter, so I do get updates, and I do try to include those in the show notes as that stuff comes out. And it's also games that typically we don't play. We know the titles, like like Star Trek, like Skyrim, like, like uh, Fallout. And I know you've played Skyrim and Fallout. It's not games that I've played mostly because I can't. I get nauseous when I play them. Um, so it is, I think, it warrants keeping an eye on and discussing and possibly even di- doing some deep dives into some of their games because it's just not something we've done before. Yep. So, all right. So that is the news for this week, which is going to lead us to our topic of the week. Uh, we do have some, uh, a good, I think, a good topic of the week, and that is in Vigil's Watch, which is a supplement for Scarred Lands. Now, this was a product that was done just like Yugman's Guide to Gelspad. In fact, it was done in opposite months. So in like one month, you would get Yugman's. The next month, you would get Yug- or um, Vigil's Watch. Uh, so is done in that that manner. Sorry, I was trying to find my place again in the show notes. Um, it was released throughout 2020. And we just last week got notification that the combined, combined uh, PDF was released. Uh, you sent me a copy of it. And then all of a sudden, I got an email from Monix Pass saying, hey, you bought it. Here's the combined copy. Go download it on RPG. I was like, oh, well, hey, okay, cool. <laughs> uh, so Nolan and I thought it'd be fun to take a look at this product. Now, we've already covered some of Visuals Watch. So this isn't going to be like a really hardcore deep dive into it. It's just going to be us kind of talking about individual chapters, what we like, what we don't like, um, and just give you a quick overview. The other thing about Visuals Watch that you have to keep in mind is that this is a sourcebook mostly for for DMs because, it has adventures in every chapter this isn't something you want your players reading through because if they read through the adventure it just kind of spoils it so that being said let's kick off with chapter one let me bring it up real quick yeah <laughs> i like the toe islands <laughs> what are your thoughts on the toe islands i
1: you know i think we've gotten used to uh you know keith mountains and blood pools and pits and stuff like that. so why not have
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, now there's there's some skepticism around the fact that the toe islands are actually the van- the toes of the vanquished titan Adoom. Which I this is one of the things I love about Scarlands. Like Banksfall Mountain are the teeth of a titan who was punched and his teeth fell out. <laughs> I, I this is like I said, this is one of the things that I love about Scarl. Because Scarlands just incorporates the divine war into
1: everything. Yeah, myth and, and legend become one
0: yeah exactly um so the, the the toe islands are located in the northeast blood sea which the blood sea is blood because it's the blood that is continuously pumping from the heart of Kadoom, who is at the bottom of the blood sea <laughs> um what i liked about the toe islands is i really and maybe it's because i love pirates of the caribbean i got a total pirates of the caribbean feel like if you wanted to create a a A jack sparrow type character and play in the toe islands by god you're gonna do it because you're gonna have fun in this area because it's pirates 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 everywhere
1: yep absolutely and and i I did a very good job of navigating coast it talks about some of the boat stuff uh and and the big thing like you mentioned too the the blood in the sea dealing with you know we're not talking dehydration if you drink the water you talk about blood fever so uh, it, of course, it's one of those things of not just Pirates of the Caribbean, but Pirates of the Caribbean, um, you know, death metal music, but he's just jacked out of their mind because they're
0: insane. That's exactly it, you know, and I was, so I was looking through it and just kind of checking out the Toilets, and I know we've talked about this before, and I, but there's some of these, like, uh, what was, there's one in particular that is like, it's covered, oh, Siri. So, series the volcanic, the active volcano island, and I thought it was neat as I was looking through this, and they talk about the armor that, that you can forge from the stones of this island, and it gives you fire resistance in your armor. So, I was thinking about it. I was like, that could be a really cool quest where someone, you know, the, the party has to do something where they need fire resistance in the armor. Here's a really neat way for you to say, okay, cool. You've heard legend of this island and it's in you know deep in the blood sea and you've heard legend that if you can get collect enough of the rocks you can actually infuse your armor with fire resist and you can set off on a whole quest just to collect rocks and then like they talk about there's a tribe of fire giants that's there And now, you know, one of the big things that you have to do is you have to fight a fire giant to actually collect enough of the rocks, you know, you know, because he's standing guard on the beach as you come shore. you know, things like that. I was, I was really excited about that. I thought that was kind of a neat.
1: I think they should add more stuff with crafting, enhancing gear, uh, just for those kind of quests. And I think maybe that's just your MMOs of. grab or you know grab 15 ore, grab some of this grab the rare stuff and we craft our armor and ignits from ragnarok to craft the legendary mace or that kind of stuff and and, like you said because of adventuring hooks you know you you kill this thing or whatever and in your lair you find you know this unworked metal and you can't ting it dent it or anything like that Uh, with any weapon or item you have here you need to go find a master dwarf craft something it's the next hook and adventure you've got some dragon's blood or yeah you know, we always talk about that like well there's dead dragons can i skin them can i get some dragon hide arm i don't know how you get it but that's you know it's good to me you killed it you earned some shit Go nuts. <laughs> that's right yes
0: yeah, so I, I thought that was really neat and that was the first thing i thought of was like i could see you know especially with how i know how you play and it, it's like Oh, I have an opportunity, and and I do think it comes from that MMO, opp- you know, MMO background. It's like, hey, Nolan, you have an opportunity to make your 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 armor fire resistant. You know that you're going to be questing to, to overcome a red dragon, a venerable red dragon. You know you need fire resistance. You know, here's a side quest to get you and your whole party this opportunity to have fire resistance added to their armor. And you you talked about a master dwarf, so maybe the the original quest was you were sent out to find this master dwarf to try to figure out if you could infuse your armor and then he through ancient or whatever um techniques knows of this special ritual that he can do but he has to have this rock to do it and he can infuse your armor and he needs x amount yeah so there's tons and tons of opportunity just off of that one little island that i thought wow this could be really cool uh, other islands, you know, they talk about like again, pirates, pirates everywhere. I really liked what's her name? Um, Empress Cariosa Nefant- Nefanter. Um, I thought, you know, she's like the leader of what is it, the Empires of the Sea, you know, this whole freaking pirate regime that <laughs> is pretty cool. And they, you know, t- they talk about, um, where, like, what is it? They, they take new recruits and drop them off in this uh, part of the island. They have to work, the, like, 15 miles through all sorts of hell just to get back. And if you make it, you get to join the crew. If you don't make it, well, you're probably dead soon. Yep,
1: never to be seen from again.
0: Yep. And then, of course, there is an adventure. Each chapter has an adventure. We're not going to talk about the adventures. Uh, I will say that I love the way Onyx Path and how Travis leads things with his crew. You know, because he is the line director for Onyx Path. I like the adventures that they do. Uh, we've had a lot of fun playing through like Vengeance of the Shun. We're playing through Spiragos again now with a new, with a new group. So we know that we like the way they lay out their... So good stuff there. Uh, chapter 2, they talk about the uh, Mansk. M- Mansk?
1: I always struggle with this one. <laughs> uh,
0: I'll let you ramble about this one first.
1: Yeah, so uh, the idea behind Mansk is... Uh... Basically, kind of a place that wasn't supposed to succeed has now kind of become a civilization. A
2: um, uh, well, what thousand
1: people, which I don't know the biggest you know places out there, but I don't think it was ever supposed to be there. And so it's a, a group of people kind of coming together. It's single stories. Uh, they don't it wasn't designed to be a city. So trade hub, lots of different people coming through. Very humble, I guess, beginning because like it's called the mud road end, and and so to see this thirty thousand place have this place that not supposed to be there, fantastic. Uh, mostly humans, um, and now all of a sudden it is rapidly growing with a collection of uh, basically people, see prosperity or safety because it is a trader spot, uh, wheat farms, wolf breeders, livestock, and new mines that bring raw copper copper into the city, so again forge trading opportunities to come here for just about any reason um and and also along the lines of it gives us an opportunity to put a value on pelts uh beast that you find which i, I thought was really cool again you're a hunter you're an outdoorsman you're a survivalist you know do something with it right like don't think there's any a person that wouldn't say well, i'm a trapper by nature or this is my thing and it never comes up again now all of a sudden you've got a reason or whatever uh just as an example they say uh elk value per hide is one gold then all of a sudden your hunter has a reason to be a hunter and work into your game well listen i've got you know done a good job or this is a really rare you know we killed a dire wolf i know i can get four gold for this at the you know Blackstag tannery in mansk we got to go there right now, y- excuse to be traveling in the area and it also gives the area life
0: yeah yeah they talk like in the you know you talk about area giving the area life well they even give you like threats like here's some of the threats that you're encounter in the plains around mansk and some of the creatures you're going to deal with and that's the other thing that this book does is they bring in some new creatures to add to your scarred Lands campaign so really neat yeah I, I i like it i like like you said i like the idea of um thing okay, we're going to go. You know, I have to go sell this wolf hide here because this is where I'm going to get the most money. I have to be able to do this here. And guess what? Here's some shit we're going to encounter along the way.
1: Right. And, and again, because it is kind of open the way it is, uh, I think we see a lot more unredeemed. As far as works, sure. uh, the Manticora in the area who we've kind of just rejected the the new way of life where they're holding on to the old ways. And it, it doesn't seem to be anything other than territory. It's not an old deep hatred. It's just, you know, you can you can work that into.
2: We're we're just you're destroying our way of life, and
1: whether that's true or not, kind of is what it is. But I I like that. I like the some ideas of, bolts that they're a part of, and again with the, the adventures that they give you, here it's not a whole written out adventure. little plot hooks to let you write your own story they don't they don't tell you how it's going to go down they just give you here's the opportunity do with it yep you mentioned the manicura
0: which is going to jump us right to chapter three which is uh leonin uh and leonin i thought was really neat because this is like (laughs) i love the artwork here so think ancient greece ancient rome like with you know the the big huge column buildings like the parthenon and stuff uh completely surrounded by these lion folk people these these people who look like lions but they're human mixed with lion kind of thing these are the manticora and these are the civilized manticora. these are the redeemed ones the ones who have forsaken the unredeemed aspect of it and have moved into a very very really neat city and and i love the map of it because the map doesn't show like this is not a very regimental city you can see how the city has grown and like yeah we had major roads but like ancient rome was. if you look at like you look at rome a map of rome and see how the city grew up around it's interesting because it's not you know straight lines it's not on grids it's it's different you know you see that discombobulation if you uh one of the things that i loved about leonin was the library the library was awesome because it's not just a library this is like you come in here yes we have books we have these these really neat things now their history is fairly new and, and I like to talk like they, they, they talk about the Lorbard college the college of uh, Lorbards being like right behind the library and like the bards want to create an underground passage so they can go between the library and the college. Uh, they haven't convinced the uh, pride mother to do that yet, but they're working on it um, <laughs> and I thought it was neat that they have these festivals where they they collect history that's supposed to be one day but it turns out to be a week and then it's all stored in this library. So, the library does have books. it has artifacts it has creatures. there's like a whole section and it, they, they talk about like here's some creatures that are actually stored in the library so it's not just it's it's a library, it's a zoo it's a a plant nursery because they have these different plants there that and they even talk about how some of the plants are so poisonous that they've created ventilation to keep the poison from hurting people and and again, you talk about those plot hooks, and it's like okay, so. Event, you you're you're in the library and, and it could be whatever reason you've come to Leonin to but you have to research something in the library. Well, ventilation system just went out. You have 1d10 turns to figure out how to get it running again. Otherwise, you're gonna start being affected by poison. You know, so there's there's neat at least are you know plot hooks, little adventure hooks, little side adventure hooks that they throw in here that I thought were really cool. And I think the library in Leonin which I felt like was like one of the biggest things that they talked about here was really, really cool. And the other thing to keep in mind about Leonin is it is a city that grew up the a settlement, right? So you do have all these outdoor stalls of, of these people. The, uh, Manticore were very nomadic. So you do have stalls where people come in and come out all the time. Yes, there are some established shops but for the most part, you have a lot of nomadic shop or shop owners, if you will, who come in, set up for the a couple days, and then leave, and then come back like a month later. Um, so I thought that was really neat. Um, I I really like Leonin. I thought this is a city that,
1: much like Waterdeep, you could probably spend a whole campaign in. I think there's an opportunity there, and I also think as far as reasons to go there, you talked about the the Bard College, keeping the tradition live of spoken. Uh, You know, this is a hook. You've got a part in the party. You need them to get to an area or whatever the festival happens to be going on. You're not going to get a better opportunity to pick up a story than this moment. Another hook to bring you in.
0: And the whole book is done this way, and and that's one of the things I love. It's like, yep, here's the Iron Court, which is the next chapter. Um, here's a quick, you know, quick down and dirty, if you will, uh, explanation of what the Iron Court is. And and as you're reading through that, like like you talked about, you have a bard in the party. He needs to go and check out the the Lord Bard College because or the festival because of this reason. Um, that is one of the things that I loved. I really liked about this book that throughout every chapter, you get those things. Um, you, i didn't get a chance to read the iron court chapter did you look through this one uh,
1: a little bit uh and what i felt like we got with the this whole story uh story was it gives us a glimpse into the races we're not familiar with the iron court is very much the iron red uh, talking about their culture and this one really delved in knowing what it means to be iron brain talks about the complaining about your cities uh being just Basically, a, a lockdown place, right? That, that's that's why would you stay there when you roam and travel and gave kind of a horse vibe. I guess I don't know if that would be in their nature to have that freedom to move around. You know, you imagine keeping a horse in a stall, and that's how they view cities. Um, so having that idea that they can travel and move and be on the plains, and move where they need. it. I? I don't know that I can play a horse. I I, <laughs> I just. There's certain things uh, about it that, uh, just probably not for me, but sure. Um, (laughs) I don't know. It was, it was interesting. It was, it wasn't uh, something that I got super excited about either, but looking at it, it's the nomadic creatures. I really enjoyed, uh, knowing the dangers that they feel that they have is very cool. Uh, just from a standpoint, this Sutok band, they call it fire curse of the angry earth, uh, and then things that they're afraid of from above because of canyons and that kind of stuff. So gave a little bit into it, not necessarily my most exciting one, but again, a reason to go and if you're going to be there. And I think that's the big thing there. Is, you know, we can easily overlook a lot of the, the races and it could never come up in Scarland. Land. Um, right. And, and now you've got a reason to be there. And, and again, from the, the mega campaign we did when we dealt with the Orc uh, and their kind of culture clash and stuff like that really stood out to me. You're dealing with fairly fresh races to this world, still trying to figure out where they fit in. Sometimes you don't. So yeah. you live on the move. I really like it. this Me too. Worse with hands just throws me off, though.
0: I mean, we had lines with hands in the last chapter, so. <laughs> uh, I
1: um, guess I'm just more used to cat people, I guess. That's just a more yeah, common thing.
0: Yeah, it does happen, and we do have that in. I did, uh, f- <laughs> chapter five is the festering and this does not seem like a place you're going to want to go to unless you absolutely, you know, especially the fact that it's, what is it, wedged between the sweltering plains in the Ukrainian desert? Now, we played in the Ukrainian desert in the Vengeance of the Shun campaign, and it was a terrible place. I mean, sandstorms and sandworms and uh, fields upon fields of undead. Of course, that was because of Mahiel, but still. Um, so this isn't, like, the best place to be. This is a place that was completely scarred by spells of mass destruction, as they call it, and so you have a lot of like it's it's shit man it's it's like this is you better be going here for a reason, like this is for whatever reason the big bad evil guy has decided that he is going to he or she is going to make their home in the festering fields, and you have to go through that crap to get to them and there's like it talks about the encounter from fourteen through seventeen on a roll of d twenty it's well, I'm sorry, from fourteen to twenty on a roll of d twenty it's a terrain encounter. It's not like a monster attacking you. It's the very ground itself, which is common in Scardland. In Scardlands, we have seen this more and more, where the terrain itself is what's hindering you. Like you walk through this field, and suddenly your boots are rusting off your feet. You know things like that 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 happen within this within Scarn. So I liked it. Um, a lot of undead in this area.
1: I was gonna say the interesting thing about it was is where we've got background history, lore. People in all the other books. Uh, here is here's the monsters you're going to find. And right. I mean that that is just kind of it. It's a couple pages of just referencing the creature collection, uh, like you said, the encounters depending on where you're at, uh, the undead, and the idea behind this place is this was this is what's left of a major fight, and after it was done, there's so much negative, horrible energy in the area that. Yeah, that got up and kept fighting.
0: Yeah, and if you think about it in the real world real world aspect, it's like, okay, you're a DD and d party, or your group, your friends, whatever, decide they're going to go into Chernobyl. And the stuff that we're going to see in Chernobyl, like the animals and stuff that have been affected by radiation for all these years, are going to be different than what you encounter elsewhere. Maybe the flies are a little bit bigger, or the dogs are a little bit bigger, or or have sharper teeth, or something like that. I don't know. But... That's one way that I kind of thought about the Festering Fields in a real-world aspect. You mentioned the Creature Collection, and this is something you have to keep in mind with these books, is that some of these books very much require you to have other Scarred Lands books. Now, I always draw a blank on SRD. Remember which book that is, Nolan? I don't either. Travis, if you're listening, can you please tell me what SRD is? I don't think it's the Scarred Lands Player's Guide, because that's usually SPL. So, yeah, the Creature Collection was one book that they did, which is like a monster manual. They reference a lot of the Creature Collection in this book. Uh, and then SRD, which I don't know what that is. So there is some, uh, there's a lot of monsters in this section. Uh, they do go into some other encounters that you can have, like in hill encounters, I mean, you have giant zombies, you have undead, you have night touch, willow tree warriors, corpse piles, a whole pile of corpse attacking you. Uh, you have undead, swarm of bats, uh, Shardoon slain, hunter's hounds, burned ones. I mean, this is nothing good. This is nothing that you want to encounter. This is shit that's going to kill you. So don't go to the vestering fields unless you have to.
1: Well, and I think one of the things that I took away from there was uh, a specific monster, uh, Yaga Mordi, and seeing this hag rolling through it. I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I, you know, I was like, okay. And then I turned the page and she has. Page of this, and I'm like, oh, large fish, titan spawn, evil, legendary stuff. Okay, so a CR14 hag that roams this area, and it's because, uh you know, there the rumors are she was once an necromancer in this area uh, and just roams here. So this could be the big bad, uh, you know, very Amahiel style that decides to, you out or walks on the edge or is pushing the, the negative zone towards a city. I, I really liked it. Um, I really like uh, when you just have a, a class feature of horrific appearance. Any humanoid that starts his turn within 30 feet of Yagamorta can see her true form. Let's make a wisdom saving. They'll save the creature is frightened for and minute. Just looking at her terrifies you. Right. Death, Death Shroud. When Yagamorta hits with any weapon, the weapon deals an additional 2d8 necrotic damage the start of each of her turn, a deals nine necrotic damage to any creature uh, grappling her. So, I mean, it's just one of those things of, like, this thing found some of its actions are death glare, life drain, change shape, has legendary act, summon undead uh, as an, uh, part of their legendary. Just has a build, I mean, it's a, it's a very deadly endgame. It's
0: definitely one that, like you said, it's going to be, be your big bad at the end this isn't something you're like oh i'm just gonna throw this guy at him today it's fine so not like me throwing beholders at you yeah just, exactly <laughs> the last chapter in the book deals with the city of Lokel, which we've visited during vengeance of the shun because it's a library it is really neat uh, i liked that section i i love the fact that you have to like you have to go through if i remember correctly the ukrainian desert to get to local and even the artwork shows you like this city up on a mountaintop or mountainside i should say and all the runes around it because it was very much affected by the 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 divine war but this library still exists and it's not like the biggest like um oh or employment center if you will in low kill because there's a lot of like miners crafters and stuff like that which this section does break down It talks about the library it talks about like the fact that there's other things that happen now if you remember uh, if I remember correctly, during Vengeance of the Shunned, you guys broke some rules and were able to drop down into the basement of the library. Isn't that correct? Do you remember that?
1: And I, I think a part of it was uh, Lokio kind of ended up being a haven for collecting things that shouldn't get out. And right. And so in the, in the deeper, darker areas of it is kind of where they hide stuff. In the, and we ended up running into things underneath the, the city itself.
0: Yeah, I think Mahiel has even set up a gateway that gave her like access to a private sanctum that you guys ended up going into, and her Doxie did
1: that got you guys almost. I think there was a dragon
0: we fought. It was something like that. Yeah, I, I remember it being a really neat encounter so and that's why when i saw this i was like oh i know that name yeah uh, it just talk about the mines and stuff that are in loki and some of the crap that you can experience down there pretty neat there's also some magical items like there's a wondrous item the tome of titans that was detailed in this chapter i don't want to go into a whole lot of detail about that but the, you know there's some new stuff that you can like or oh, it's orary of the ancients was a wondrous item that you can find um and then, like I said, they go into the mines and some of the creatures that you can encounter in the mines, uh, you know. Well,
1: and I thought that a lot of this here, too, is it was kind of a gateway into, well, seeing the clockwork as being some of the guardians and that kind of stuff there leads to a different.
0: So that's, that's the entire book. It was six chapters long. I, I'm curious, what are your thoughts overall on this book?
1: It, it is along those lines of very much kind of a dm thing but also if you have a player that wants to play one of the redeemed races uh, i think these would be kind of your go-to uh, you get a little bit of it in the normal book but this here really you know if i'm playing iron bread now you know or i have a player playing that i, I give them this here this is the iron court this is the way that we believe now this is that you know this is what you're from just so you have a general we get kind of spoiled with that most games go because we have a general idea of what an elf is or what a dwarf is or a gnome or a human like we can understand that kind of stuff um different than their sisters and they've been through some stuff and and they are very much at different levels uh you know in in their society you know the, the iron cork kind of very much reminded me of nomadic uh native americans it's kind of that that idea of the pride and settling in a place uh the orcs remind me very much of uh mongolian uh, horse raiders and and so those are not necessarily things that i would ever associate with orc. um and then once you see it it's really hard to be like, wouldn't they be? you know I, I can dig it i can support it same thing with like the manticore if you're gonna sit there and say oh i like oh you're a, a, a cat person who's uh bred for war and destruction you're like yeah no i rock a toga and scholar really you know, so it opened up some eyes. I I liked it a lot. I like having it all as kind of one book, you know, to kind of see it, but it, it very much is different sections that you can different people, depending on what
0: you know. You know, when they originally released it, it was broken down in that exact way.
1: And I did think
0: that was one of my thoughts too, was like, this is an opportunity for you to say, hey, here's something. And knowing probably full well that they're going to at least glance over the adventure or it's under a supervised situation where you're like, hey. Read this while you're here. Don't go past page X. You know That was something that you could do as well. Um, my opinion of this book is is really high. Uh, again, I think Onyx Path does a great job in the products that they put out. Even if it's never going to be printed, I think they they still take great care in the stuff that they produce. And one of the things that I love about these types of books is these are great supplemental books that I'm not spending a ton of money for that are still enhancing and enriching our games. And it allows us to, as a DM, have these new things that I can include in the game, as well as new adventures, plot hooks, things like that, that I may have not have thought of before. They've done other books like this, like we talked about, Yugman's Guide to Gelspad. We do have the Blood Sea book that came out uh, uh, last year or a year before. Um, so they have some really, really neat books. I love the fact that they're not always hardback. Like in this case, it's a PDF. Um, I love the fact that they're inexpensive. They're not going to break my bank. I'm not spending fifty dollars every time I buy these books. And, you know, for me, these books are the kind of stuff that I'm going to buy because, like I said, they do enrich and enhance our game and give me options as a DM to provide to players who are playing in our
1: game. Yeah, and, and I like the again, for me, the big takeaway out of the whole thing was putting a value on the stuff that you do every day. So having the having the skinning beats. Uh, yeah, can you can I get its pelt? Yeah, it's a medium-sized creature. It's going to take you a half an hour. Do uh, you know how to do it with a successful survival check? It is a basic wolf and has a value of one gold piece. Put it down. Yeah. And, and again, any chance to get a character of now all of a sudden maybe that, you incidentally spark your character of, you know, got a character now that is all about killing the white moose. What's the yeah. pelt on that? Th- you know what I mean? Like now obviously you, right. you guys are a group of hunters who, you know, now we're just hunting gold there's a campaign let's find bigger batter monsters yep. to hunt so visual watch collected volume is available for 5e dnd
0: on drive-through rpg through um just have to go into onyx path and click on scarred lands if you do a search for it um I was dying in the other room here <laughs> i don't know what was going on uh it's 14.99 for this PDF. Unfortunately, there isn't a POD format. So if you're somebody like me who loves books, you're not going to get a POD here. Or they may, I shouldn't say that you're not. Because it does say in the notes here that this is an advanced PDF. They are collecting errata. They know that there's potential for some mistakes in here. And they genuinely want you to contact them and say, hey, I found a mistake on page 10. And tell them what it is. Because they will fix it. They do this all the time. Um, So, and it does say that this, they are, uh, this is, like I said, it says it is, it is an advanced PDF. They are collecting a radar for the few weeks to prepare for the final PDF and POD options. So it is going to be a POD option eventually, uh, which is great because if you happen to love books. This is an opportunity for you to get that. There's not a whole lot of 5e Scarland books out there. Um, I think we have the three or four at this point. I know there was the Wicked and the Wise, the Scarlet Player's Guide, the Creature Collection, um, the Bloodsea book that I talked about, as well as Yugman's. That might be about it, unless you're collecting the Spirit Ghost. So, another option for you to add. Um, I'm a big fan of this book. I'm a big fan of the Scarred Lands. It's probably one of my more favorite D&D settings. Um, I say that because I know Ravenloft is around the corner. Uh, so, I I would recommend it. It's $14.99 for the PDF. I don't think you're going to lose any... You're not going to have any regrets spending $15. For it. What do you think?
1: I think you're probably safe with that one there. And then as a player, um, if you don't need that, hopefully you'll still be able to pick up the, the breakout ones. So if you are playing a redeemed race and want to understand them better, you can pick these up where your people come from, what they're believing or what they're trying to do in the new world, uh, their place.
0: And there is some older Visual Watch stuff. So keep in, do keep that in mind. This is like the old older Scarred Land stuff that is available on Drive-Thru RPG. Uh, this has got the, I think, the history label on them. So just keep that in mind that you're making sure you get the right one, 5e. Uh, in fact, I typed in Visual Watch and it brought me the secrets of the Asafi, which I mean, could be great for background information. But keep in mind, it's not going to be 5e, so. That is our quick Down and Dirty on Vigil Watch collected volume from the, from uh, Onyx Path for The Scarred Lands. Nolan, is there anything else you want to add
1: about this book?
0: Nope. nope me neither. Um, so that is going to be our show for this week, unless you have something else.
1: I don't. Uh, I know we're getting kind of closer to some stuff coming out that we can dive deeper into. Uh, we talked a little bit about some stuff coming out, maybe with Diablo 3 and their new patch and the follower edition uh so kind of looking forward to the next couple weeks getting some fresh books
0: yeah absolutely um and i'm like i said i I really want to dive into this vessen book i think it looks really fascinating i just have to find the time to read through everything i have a lot of so, But it is something I want to look into. There is going to be a link in the show notes for you to grab a copy of Visual Watch. I do remember that those links are our affiliate links. So every time you purchase something through Drive RPG, if you do it through our affiliate link, we do get a small kickback. And it does help us fund things like buying new equipment, uh, stuff like that. Uh, there are some costs that are associated with this that we are happy to pay because we love doing the show. Um, but that is a way for you to help us. Even if you're not purchasing that book exactly, there are links on our website the for drive through rpg that you can just click on and no matter what you purchase we will get a small kickback it's a small kickback but hey it's better than nothing so that is our show for this week uh thank you all so much for joining us
1: yeah have a good time uh playing your games hanging out with friends as we get closer to getting back to the real world um next week
0: you got a vaccine scheduled soon don't you
1: yeah tuesday round one
0: that is awesome. Is it just you or is it you and your wife and family? What is it?
1: Just me right now. Uh, and then the wife is on.
0: Awesome. Well, hopefully you move your arm a lot because it's going to hurt and you don't get as sick as Troy did. <laughs> I know. Cross my fingers. Exactly. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Bye.